Just earlier this week on episode number 235 of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast, I chatted with Danny Eichenhorst. Danny is the CEO and founder of Hustle Hospitality, a St. Louis-based uh, restaurant group uh, that she's helped grow over the last several years, really uh, over the course uh, since the pandemic. Uh, she's also a member of my mastermind um, for the last two years. I've gotten to know her and her business very, very well. I've gotten to know her husband, her partners, her teams. I've been down there to St. Louis to work with the uh, the uh, individuals, the managers, uh, that work in the properties. She is incredible. She has helped me as much as I think I have helped her. So I wanted to invite her onto the show. I did that, and hopefully you got a lot out of that conversation. But she said in that conversation that she's a community builder. First and foremost, that's where she got her start. That's where uh, she did a, a lot of her work before she came to restaurants. One of the things I think she's done really brilliantly down there, and we talked about it a little bit on that interview, is this idea of building a network and, and something that I think a lot of restaurant owners lack. So today I want to tackle that head on. I want to finish that conversation that Danny and I started in episode 235. Today I want to talk about how we build a network. First and foremost, I want to talk about why I think you need a network and uh, help you understand the power of a network. I'm going to talk about uh, everything that I think you get and then how you can go and build your own network. Tons of actionable insights on this week's episode of Restaurant Strategy. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. We cover marketing operations and everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. You've heard me talk about this before, but what are the three Ps? They stand for Profit process and progress. They are our core values. They are foundational to everything we do in the program works. If you've got a busy restaurant but struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profit margins month after month, then please set up a free 30-minute strategy session. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program to see if you're a good fit for the program. There's no pressure to join, but if this is something you struggle with, profitability, I know we can help. Please set up a free call. Restaurant Strategy Podcast com slash schedule. You will find that link in the show notes. Now, are you frustrated with managing your catering and private events with pen and paper or outdated programs? I want to introduce you to Triple Seat, the catering sales and event management software built for hospitality professionals by hospitality professionals. With Triple Seat, you will increase revenue and efficiency all while streamlining your operations. Let Triple Seat be your catering and event management assistant. Uh, generate leads, create tailored BEOs, facilitate online discussions, obtain electronic signatures, process payments, and everything else in between. Triple Seat has you covered. Elevate and simplify your event management and take it to the next level with Triple Seat so you can focus on what truly matters, providing unforgettable experiences for your clients. For more information, visit TripleSeat.com slash restaurant strategy. Again, that's TripleSeat.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, you will find that link in the show notes. Now, 
Today is a formal extension of the conversation that I started on episode number 235 when I sat down with Danny Eichenhorst, one of the members of my P3 Mastermind. She's also a very accomplished restaurateur, and something she does very well is build communities. She said that. She's, a, she's an activist and a community builder. She's done that for the last, I don't know, 30 years in the St. Louis area. She's merely doing that now in the, at the restaurant level as well, building a connection between the, uh, the restaurants, the managers, the staff, and the patrons. Uh, with the community at large, with the city at large and beyond, really connecting uh, with other restaurant owners. So back in February, I went down to St. Louis to uh, check in on Danny's restaurants. Uh, she has two restaurants, a third one that just came online, and then a fourth and a fifth location uh, that are coming on in the next couple of months. And so she brought me down to check it all out, uh, to see in real life, to talk to her staff and to help uh, to help coach them uh, in much the same way that I help coach her in the mastermind. She is brilliant. I love getting to know her. Uh, again, I said this in the top, but I, I think she's helped me as much as I hope I have helped her. One of the things that she really did that was amazing over the course of the pandemic, or I guess as we were coming out of the pandemic, she started reaching out to other restaurant owners in the St. Louis area to help bring them together. And really, she did it uh, for selfish reasons. She was new to the restaurant industry at the time. Yes, she had partners, and and yes, she had a you know a, a good um, a, you know good gut on her, so she knew how to make decisions. She was already a, an accomplished leader, but she just wasn't that versed in uh, how we do things in the restaurant industry. So one of the reasons that I had gotten connected with her and one of the reasons why she set up this community in St. Louis. So by community, all she did was reach out to other restaurant owners in her area, in other parts of the city, people she knew of and admired, and literally just picked up the phone or sent an email and said, hey, I I'd love to pick your brain. Hey, I think I can help you. Hey, I think you can help me. I think maybe we can help each other. And over the course of the pandemic, she did these meetings, right, twice a year, where she gathered, uh, at the beginning, she says she gathered like six restaurant owners together. They all came to her restaurant on Monday night because uh, they were closed on Monday nights, and she gave them, uh, she, she gave them some food and a little bit of beer and wine and they just sort of like chatted for three hours and 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 came away with more insights or perspective than they otherwise would have had that's how it started and by the time I went down there just this past February so now this is a couple of years into this um, this group that they pulled together a couple times a year but there were like 40 different restaurant owners in that room and and I realized how rare that was because the reality is, that restaurant owners, at least independents, are siloed, right? We are uh, we are on an island. We often feel like we're on an island, like we've got nobody to talk to. And for many of you listening, I'm guessing you are the top of your pyramid, right? You are the top of the food chain. You are the leader, the boss, the visionary, the everything in your building. And they say it's lonely at the top, and it can be very lonely at the top. You have to make big decisions that affect your family, your business, your livelihood, but also the livelihoods of many other people who you employ, many other people who you feed, the communities that you serve. That's a big deal. I understand what a big deal that is, and I think you do too. And I think you probably recognize that there are a lot of other listeners, right? There's thousands of people that turn into tune into this uh, show every single week, and you are all the top of your own unique pyramid. And one of the things that you get from community when you start networking, right? And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about building a network. One of the things you get is you realize you're not so alone. You're not on an island. You are a bunch of skyscrapers in a city, but you can all see each other and you can all be connected to each other. You can help each other. So 
One of the things that drives me crazy is how siloed restaurant owners are. They feel like they're all alone. They feel like their problems are unique. And one of the very real things that you get from a network is that you realize that you are not alone, that your problems are not unique, and other people are dealing with the same things and maybe have solved some of the things that you are still struggling with. Likewise, there are things that you may have figured out that other people are struggling with. This is what you get when you build a network, specifically, right? I think if we work together to build a network, and, and I'm not talking about a big formal network even, I'm talking about um, a community-based, grassroots, in your own corner of the world. I think there are six key areas where I think we can help each other, and I wanna cover these uh, one by one. Number one, we can help with information sharing. Number two, we can help with ideas and brainstorming, right? Really getting creative, thinking outside the box. Number three, collaboration and partnerships. Number four, leverage. Number five, perspective. And number six, this can't be, uh, this can't be ignored, a little bit of therapy. So when we talk about creating a network, Specifically, I'm saying, do you have a group of people who are at your level doing what you do that you can reach out to, uh, whose brains you can pick? It is very lonely at the top. Even me, myself, as a restaurant coach, what I do is very unique. There aren't many people out there doing it. Yes, there are more and more doing it. There are consultants, there are coaches and all of that. But unless I lean on them and help them and allow them to help me, I can't get better at my job. I can't get better at serving the people that I serve. That's one of my, the big thrusts over the last couple of years. So the last several years, I've had my own coach. Um, I couldn't coach without having my own coach. I see the value of that. But more than that, now I've got a network of peers who do what I do, thought leaders who write, who podcast, who speak from the stage, people who help operators and owners uh, in their own corner of the world or all over the world. Right? We, we have things in common. We have stresses, um, we have issues, we have challenges, and we've, got, um, uh, we've got things to celebrate that are very, very unique. That's me, me personally. I have worked hard over the last year and a half to two years to build a network of people who understand sort of what I struggle with, what I go with, wh what I deal with, what I'm, trying, what I'm trying to do. The same is true for you, for restaurant owners. You have restaurants all over your town, your city, your block, your region. There are other people who struggle with the things that you struggle with, and I wanna urge you over the course of this episode to build your own network, to say, yes, a network is a valuable thing, and I want a group of peers who I can bounce ideas off of, and uh, people who can help me, people who I can help. And again, if you do that, if you build a network, I think there are six key areas that I just outlined and I wanna go through and bullet point each one. I wanna dig a little bit deeper into that. So the first one I said was information sharing. And I can't tell you what a big deal this is. If you're getting a better rate on chicken or eggs or your processing fees or whatever it is, your linen, or somebody else is getting a better deal on chicken or, or processing fees or, or, or linen, you wanna know, you should know. There's a, there's a little bit of leverage that we have. And if you all say, if somebody says, hey, I'm actually getting this rate, you should go back to your processor, you know, your processing company and tell them that. You can see, you can tell whether you are you have a good rate or not. I know people have everything from about 1.2% up to about 4.2%. That's a huge swing and that, uh, that, that translates into tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year in revenue if you've got a better rate or a worse rate. So wouldn't it be beneficial to understand where people are uh, getting their, you know, who people are using for, uh, for their credit card processing, what they're paying, what sort of agreement they have in, in place? 
Again, we feel like these are all unique individual negotiations that happen behind closed doors, but man, they don't have to be. If we start sharing these things publicly, we can help each other, we can help ourselves. So simply uh, being able to share information or, hey, this is, the, uh, this is the POS system we use, this is the reservation system we use, this is the email service provider we use, this is what we pay, this is what we're able to do, hey, this is how we use it, you can use it this way as well. Just by sharing information back and forth, you will get better. You will improve your business, either directly in getting better rates, being able to go back and negotiate with a little leverage, or at the very least, by getting ideas, by, ju by just hearing what other people are doing. And of course, that, deals, uh, that leads us right to the next one. Number two is this idea of ideas and, and um, uh, brainstorming, uh, sharing, sharing creative uh, thoughts, being creative with other people. So often it feels like we're on a hamster wheel, right? We're just trying to keep up. And if we just stop, step out, take the time to work on the business, even if it's just a half an hour a week or an hour on the, uh, a week, or if you're gonna get together for an hour or two with your mastermind group, with a, with a group of peers, once a week or once a month even, that's time you're dedicated, uh, you're dedicating to not working in your business, but working on the business. You can take time to think creatively, to think outside the box, to brainstorm with each other and think and think bigger than yourselves. That is not to be diminished. One of the best parts about the program that I run, the group I run, is I watch this stuff happen in real time. I watch people get ideas. I watch people get ideas by some of the things I say. I watch people get ideas from some of the things that other people in the group say. It's incredible to be a part of that, to just be one small piece, a connector for a, a, broader, a broader network. But I promise you, when you share information and when you share ideas, you get better. And other people share information and ideas and you get better. Now that leads us to the next thing, collaboration and partnerships. A lot of times we silo ourselves purposely because we think, oh, these other restaurants are our competition. They are, the, they are my competitors. I am competing against the restaurant across the street for dinner dollars. And what I think we forget or we, we, um, we neglect to acknowledge is that if somebody's in the mood for sushi, they're not coming to get tacos. Likewise, if someone's in the mood for tacos, they're not gonna get sushi. You're in the mood for something on a given night and just by being on the same block, you are creating a place where people go, where people uh, that attract people to go eat dinner. Whether they're dining with you tonight or whether they're gonna dine with you tomorrow night or the next night, they will come and join you. You gotta create a, 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 a product that's good enough, an experience that's good enough so that when they're in the mood for, let's say, tacos, they come to your taco place as opposed to another taco place. But for the most part, I think we have many fewer competitors than we actually think. I think more than anything else, the other restaurants in our market are collaborators, not competitors. And that begs the question of how are you collaborating with them? How can you use that network effect, the power of all of you being together to create stronger partnerships and stronger collabora uh, collaboration opportunities? And I think if you start thinking in those terms, rather than, hey, these aren't our competitors, they are our collaborators, I think you'll come up with really ingenious, creative ways to partner with them. And I've seen it happen all the time. So Danny, when I was down in, uh, in St. Louis, um, Danny was talking about uh, the guys at Mission Taco and about how they did a hot dog taco uh, collaboration. Because again, if you're in the mood for hot dogs, you're not going to get tacos. And if you're in the mood for tacos, you're not getting hot dogs. So what does it matter for them to cross-pollinate? So they did like a hot dog taco and they did a taco hot dog. 
And they collaborated with each other a couple of years ago, and they've largely kept up that sort of uh, relationship. Now, are they going to partner with each other all the time? No, not necessarily. But every so often, you can use that to sort of uh, cross-pollinate, to, to leverage the strength of your lists and your fan bases to help the other one. Because again, you're going to help them, but they are going to help you. Again, the idea of collaboration and competition. Uh, I'm focused on this a lot this year because because I, I think we don't talk about uh, I think we don't talk enough about it, and I think we look at it the wrong way. But there's a mindset shift that's required to see these people not as competitors, but as partners, as as collaborators in in what you're trying to accomplish. What you're trying to accomplish is feed people, create great experiences that people want to come back and be a part of. So challenge you to do that. And again, by building a network, you will do that. So information sharing, idea sharing, brainstorming, getting creative with people, building collaborations and partnerships, all of this is something you get out of a network of peers, literally getting in a room with other restaurant owners, not other restaurant professionals, but other people who are at your level doing what you do. It can be powerful. The other thing you can get, we touched on this a little bit, is leverage. If you understand what somebody's paying for their linen prices or their chicken prices or their egg prices or their processing, you get a little bit of leverage. Likewise, with rent, with, uh, with when, you're, when you're lobbying for, um, uh, for liquor license, when you're trying to do a block party and you need street closures and all of that, when you band together, you have leverage. And this is something that the big restaurant chains all have because they are big, they have hundreds of locations, and they all work together to lobby together. They lobby government. So maybe you're not gonna go lobby government, but if you need a, a bus stop moved, if you need a stop sign put in, if you need uh, something cleared to become a parking lot, if you need a block shut down for your annual block party, well, better you go in mass, you know, create a force of five, six, seven, eight restaurant owners who are all trying to get the same thing done. And the same thing is true when you're trying to negotiate things or lobby for things at the state or federal level. Again, the restaurant groups, the chains, have a lot of power because they all band together. They're all part of a giant restaurant group, right? You don't have the leverage that Darden has. But you can start somewhere, and you start by putting it together, right? This is what you get from the restaurant associations for sure. But the bigger they get, the harder it is. And I'm saying even at the local level, at your block, in your neighborhood, I think there's leverage you have if you only realized it by banding together. The other thing you get really honestly is perspective, right? When you, I always say perspective and accountability sort of go hand in hand. But when you're in a group together and you say, hey, I'm going to do this, somebody can, uh, somebody's going to give you perspective that you don't have. Sometimes we're just so deeply embedded in our business that we can't see the forest for the trees. And when you bring it to outside people that are not so deeply embedded, they can raise their hand and say, hey, I don't think you're thinking about this, or have you considered this or that? They'll, they're gonna bring perspective because they're gonna be able to be objective. You, by nature, it being your business, you're passionate about it, you're emotional about it. It, it is uh, connected to your livelihood, to your identity. For many of us, our businesses are connected to our identity. So we do lose perspective, and, and this is something valuable you can get. And likewise, the other piece to it is accountability. If you say you're gonna do something, who's holding you accountable to actually do it? Oftentimes, when you're in a group setting like that, they're gonna hold you accountable. They're gonna, they're gonna call your bluff if you don't do something. If you say you're gonna do it and you don't do it, they're gonna say, hey, that's, uh, 
why bother? You know, stop wasting our time. Why don't you? You're they're going to hold you accountable. Hopefully, it's the best one of the best things you get out of a group setting. And then finally, and I, I made a joke earlier when I ran through it, but uh, therapy, right? There is something therapeutic about getting together and sort of airing your grievances and realizing you're not as alone as you thought you were, that you're not doing as badly as you thought you were when you see other people struggling with the same things. So when I get my mastermind group together, I say, hey, this isn't group therapy. This is results, uh, this is results based, right? It's results oriented. What do you want to accomplish? What are we going to do to try to accomplish that goal? And then we see whether we accomplish the goal or we didn't accomplish the goal. But Along the journey there, right? So it's not group therapy. It's not us getting together, bitching at each other and, you know, complaining and making each other feel better, say it's okay. That's not what it's about. But there's a little bit that happens on our journey. And and it can't be, again, this can't be overlooked. Sometimes it's very therapeutic to hear other people struggling with things that you're struggling with or dealing with things that are worse than what you're dealing with. It does put it, to bounce back uh, one bullet point, it does put your problems in perspective, right? You can help bring perspective to other people's problems and, and, and help calm them down, help, help lower their anxiety level. When you get together with a group of your peers and share the nuts and bolts about what you're dealing with, when you share information and ideas and collaborate and bring partnerships, you get leverage, all of that is incredible. That's everything you get from being in a group. And I'm guessing, I'm hoping that a lot of you guys are sitting there and listening and nodding your head and saying, all that sounds great. Well, I'm going to talk to you in just a few minutes about how you can do this on your own. You don't need some big fancy group. You don't need a formal invitation. You can do this on your own. We're going to talk about that in just a minute after a word from another one of our sponsors. Now, running a restaurant is already a tough job. You're busy keeping customers fed and employees paid while working with razor-thin profit margins. The last thing you should be worried about is if you're doing sales tax right. That's why you should consider automating sales tax for your restaurant point-of-sale system. Collecting and filing sales tax on your own can be stressful. It can be time-consuming. It can leave your business vulnerable to accidentally missing tax payments or not having enough money in the bank to actually cover your tax obligations. Davo by Avalara simplifies sales tax for your restaurant and brings peace of mind through automation to help you pay the full amount you owe on time. Just integrate the Davo app with your existing POS like Clover or Toast or Spot On and set up your business and banking information. Davo will take sales data from your POS system and determine how much sales tax you collected each day. Then it sends a request to your bank to have your sales tax put into a secure holding account. This keeps your sales tax separate from your revenue and helps reduce potential confusion about available funds. You'll get a daily email from Davo letting you know exactly how much sales tax was transferred. And when your sales tax is due, Davo automatically remits your sales tax to the appropriate authority on your behalf, in full and on time. Is your restaurant in a state that does on-time filing discounts? If it is, then Davo will automatically send this refund back to your bank. Don't let sales tax spoil your business. Stay on top of sales tax with automation from Davo by Avalara so you can spend less time in the back office and more time in the front of house. Learn more at davosalestax.com slash restaurant strategy. Again, Davo, D-A-V-O, salestax.com slash restaurant strategy and try Davo free for the first month. As always, you will find that link in the show notes. Now, Talked all about the benefits of a uh, of a networking group of, of building uh, building a group of your peers, right? What you get from being in a group, 
And in my opinion, I think there are two ways you can go about joining a group. You can literally, number one, you can join an existing mastermind. I run a mastermind, the P3 Mastermind. I talk about this on every single episode so that you know that I do that, right? Uh, to date, I've put something like 55 people already through the program. We've got 44, 45 people currently enrolled in the program split between two groups. We've already uh, we've already closed one group. We've capped that out. Uh, we're now filling the last few spots of a second group. Maybe we'll start a third group. But there is a benefit to being uh, to joining an existing mastermind if that mastermind is focused on the things that you want to solve. For me, one of the big things that we solve for is profitability, right? Getting people to uh, find consistent, predictable profits, 20% profits every single month. So the restaurants that I work with are successful. They've been around for a year, they're generating a lot of revenue. They're just not dropping a consistent number to the bottom line. That's the focus of our mastermind. And of course, we cover much more in the in our journey to solving the profitability problem. But that's what our group is all about. And again, we've got uh, restaurant operators from all over the world. But now maybe you're opening a restaurant, right? So maybe my group is not appropriate for you. Maybe you need to go find a group of other people who are just about to open a restaurant or the group of people who are in their first year of running their restaurant. That might be a particular um, a particular benefit to you to talk with a bunch of people who are opening a restaurant right now in this environment. I've got a couple of those people in my group, but it's not really what I do. Really what I do is focus on existing businesses that have already got a, a solid audience, are generating uh, a good amount of revenue, and, and we just help them drop it, uh, drop a reasonable, consistent number to that bottom line. I always say consistent, predictable profits. So you could go out and find a mastermind group. There are a lot of people out there that do what I do. Many of them are very, very good. I, I connect with a lot of these guys at, um, at shows, at, at, at trade shows, at expos, at conventions all over the country. I love hearing what they're doing, how they're structuring their program, how they're helping people. It just helps me get better at what I do. And I share what I do and hopefully it makes them better at what they do. So there are a lot of options out there. Obviously, if you're struggling with the things with profitability, I'd love for you to call me. I'd love to talk to you, but it doesn't have to be me. You can go find a formal mastermind. But if that's not what you're looking for, if you don't want to go join a formal mastermind group, fine. Go put together your own group, your own network of people. It's very easy. It begins by knocking on doors, by sending emails, by picking up the phone and calling people. The most important piece of this though is it's gotta be peers, people who do what you do, who are at your level. Right, So you don't wanna go, again, if you've been around for five or six years, the, th the things you struggle with are different than the things somebody struggles with in their first year of business. So I would say pull together a group of people who are in your same position. It's just gonna help. You can have some diversity in there by, by all means. Some people who have younger restaurants, some people who have older restaurants, but it's really gonna help you to find people who are in your same sort of life cycle, uh, the same spot in the life cycle of the restaurant. Mainly, mainly what matters is consistency. Don't just set up a meeting, get together, chat, and then let it be. Set up a set meeting. I would recommend if you're just gonna put together a group on your own, set a cadence of every month or every other month. I think you'll find that really beneficial. Say, hey, the first Monday of every month, we're gonna get together for two hours from six o'clock to eight o'clock or eight o'clock to 10 o'clock, right? You're gonna be there for uh, dinner with your family, you're gonna put your kids to bed and then you're gonna go, uh, you're gonna go meet this group. Whatever that is, 
change uh, change around where you go. Maybe each restaurant owner in the group hosts you at their restaurant, right? Maybe everybody kicks in 20 bucks and that helps sort of cover the food and the wine. Doesn't have to be a lot, just a little snacky stuff so you don't starve, uh, some snacky stuff so you don't get wasted, right? And maybe a couple of bottles of wine or a couple of you know cases of beer, Whatever it is that you need, and you don't have to drink, you don't have to eat, you can just get around and, uh, and take notes with each other and share. The most important thing is that there's some consistency. The other thing I would say is come up with some prompt, some way to get the conversation going. I would recommend saying whoever's hosting the event kicks off, uh, comes up with the, uh, the icebreaker question, right? And so maybe the question is, hey, who, uh, who figured out something marketing-wise this month Uh, that you want to share. And so everybody will share something that they discovered, something they learned uh, on in the marketing side of their business. Maybe it's some uh, operations thing. Maybe it's some, right, maybe it's a struggle. Hey, what's the biggest problem you have in the restaurant right now? And you just go around and everyone says, hey, the biggest thing I'm struggling with is this, is that, is whatever it is. What it does is it gets everybody talking and it gives you a way to start the conversation, right? The other thing you can do is give more focus to the conversation by bringing in um, outside speakers, outside consultants, uh, people like that. You can certainly address the crowd, uh, you know, question and answer with the crowd. You can also break up into smaller groups, right? If you've got to end up having a big group of 20, 30, 40, maybe you want to spend a chunk of the time uh, splitting up into smaller groups of 10. Make sure you've got enough time that over the course of the two hours, you, you sort of map out what it is. If it's just two hours where you're sitting at each, uh, sitting around a table looking at each other, I don't know that it's gonna be as uh, productive as if you come in with some sort of agenda. Now maybe, and this is certainly something we do in my mastermind, maybe you share P&Ls, maybe you talk about your profitability, maybe you talk about where your COGS are at, maybe you talk about where your labor is at, what you're doing specifically to get those lab, uh, labor numbers down, to get those uh, COGS numbers down. Maybe there, Maybe there's some focus in that way. It doesn't have to be much, just give it a little bit of structure, even just to get the ball rolling, right? Maybe part of it is that everybody goes around and asks a question of the group. Maybe that's the, so everybody has an icebreaker, and then the next time around the circle, everybody gets to ask a question of the group, and that will lead to 10 or 15 minute conversations in that group. So maybe the question is, hey, what's everyone paying for their credit card processing? Hey. Who's everyone using for their POS system and what do you think of them? I'm thinking about changing POS systems, so I wanna know what all you guys are using, right? You, you can see how this goes. So if you do two laps of that, right? If you do the icebreaker question and then everybody gets to go around and ask a question of the group and everybody in the group gets to respond and answer, well then we've probably taken up about an hour or an hour and a half of our two hours. And then I always recommend leaving a little bit of a sort of mix and mingle time in the beginning and also at the end so people don't feel like they got to race out of there. If it's a two-hour meeting, keep it specifically at two hours because people are busy, people have families, people have other things going on. So make sure you stay true to your word. You start on time and you end on time. I would recommend even, even, even if you are part of a formal group, uh, right? So I, I gather operators from all over the world, uh, but. I don't know, maybe the people in West Palm want to gather uh, people, you know, other restaurant owners in West Palm. Maybe there are specific challenges that they struggle with and they just want to get together and talk about it. I think there's value to that. And again, maybe it's every month. Maybe it's just on the odd, uh, the odd numbered months. There's all different ways that you can structure it. But I would say be consistent and regular about what you do. 
And at the end of the day, you're gonna get those six things we talk about, right? You're gonna be able to share information. You're gonna be able to col uh, collaborate. You're gonna be able to build partnerships. You're gonna share ideas, right? And you're gonna brainstorm, be creative with each other. You're gonna uh, provide people some leverage just by having a group together. You're gonna offer perspective to the other people in the group. They're gonna do the same thing for you. And then finally, man, there's gonna be some therapy going on. It is nice to just know that you are not alone, that you've got friendly faces. They always say as adults, it's so hard to make friends, right? And it's especially true when you run your own business, right? You, you, you often run ragged, you're, you're there all the time, the phone's always ringing, you're always putting out fires. So maybe this is where you find some friends. This is where you find some connection by meeting other people who are dealing with the same things that you're dealing with. And maybe you're not gonna be best friends, but maybe being able to have some solidarity and share some ideas with each other and help each other out is, is just what the doctor ordered. Again, this is the follow-up to episode number 235 when I sat down with Danny Eichenhorst. Danny is one of the members of my group, but she has also launched her own group in St. Louis that meets, they meet twice a year. Um, you can meet at whatever cadence you want. But if you're just putting it together for the first time, I would say ha make it happen more often than you think, but not so often that people will grow weary of it. So my group meets every single week, but there are very specific things that we're focused on solving. And, and I believe a two, you know two hours every week is required. If you're gonna put together a group in your market, in your area, in your city, in your neighborhood, maybe just meet once a month or once every other month to start. But the biggest thing is to just get started. Right, pick up the phone, send an email, knock on some doors, go have a drink at somebody else's bar, give them your card, start that conversation. I think you'll find a lot of friendly faces. I think you'll find a lot of people would love to do this. And again, be the community organizer. Don't wait for someone else to do it. If you're listening to this podcast, you are focused on taking action. You are focused on improving your business. This is a key way to improve your business. And I can't tell you exactly how a mastermind, how a network like this will help you. All I can tell you is having done this for many years now, it will absolutely help you. It will help your uh, business in profound ways that you cannot even imagine yet. That's what I wanted to talk about today, uh, the power of a network, right? The network effect and how you go about building a network, right? Why I think it's important and how you go about doing it. You do it by just doing it. Listen, as always, I appreciate you guys being here. If you want to learn more about my mastermind, please reach out. RestaurantStrategyPodcast.com slash schedule. Set up a free 30-minute call with me. It's absolutely free. I'll get to learn more about you and your business. You get to ask some questions about the program that I run, the mastermind that I run. We can see if you're a good fit for the program. I appreciate you guys being here. I know there are a lot of great uh, podcasts uh, focused on restaurants. I appreciate you uh, making time for this one. Hope you got some value out of this one, as I hope you get value out of each and every week. If you haven't listened to episode 235 with Danny Eichenhorst, I promise you it's not one that you want to miss. Appreciate you being here, guys, and I will see you next time.